Grab a cuppa and take a seat. This is the Disability Podcast. Welcome to the Disability Podcast. Today I'm joined by the amazing Jessica Birch, theatre lover, Northern Queen, occasional gammy ear and a top class sister. got a list of questions because I've tried to be very professional which okay. is like a first for me um okay <laughs> you, no it's not a first at all <laughs> you're always very professional now please be quiet okay. shall we start by sort of saying like what your childhood was like can you explain a bit what it was like when your sister like came along and what kind of differences you kind of noticed yes yeah, so Hope is five years younger than I am. So I was in, I remember reception all year one when she came along. I can't remember when the exact time was. And I remember that my dad came and picked us up from school and we went and like saw mum and Hope in the hospital. I mean, I was bespotted with her because like I always wanted like a little sister. And then when I got one, I was like, yes, please. And then like in terms of like notes and differences, I don't think you do because obviously that's when like, when you only got one sister, then that's, she's the only one that you've had so that's like normal for you it wasn't until like you started seeing her like against her peers when you realized like how different she was in like development stages so like she didn't see anything until she was about like four whereas most kids will start speaking like two so it's like she did gestures most of them just pointed and like sounds instead of words and there's very specific like things that you notice as well though like she clearly understood like how sounds work but couldn't do them so like she had a blanket called sashi and gran who she called sash but when you think about it like the bliss sound and the griss sound they're very the same the fact that she was able to like make them two sounds the same which related to two sounds that were similar it was like well she clearly understand how it works it's just not going out of her I'm out the same way so yeah it wasn't until like she started like nursery or like primary school that you realized like that she was at a very different developmental stage <laughs> than um her peers but like, like I said before like you don't really notice it until like she's against people who are typical. I suppose comparison is always difficult as well because it's really hard to compare children when they're growing up in particular to other people because everyone's their own person and they yeah. develop at different rates and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And you've said to me previously before recording this that she's never been like officially diagnosed, but no. were there like particular symptoms? Obviously you mentioned about the communication being a bit later and things like that and sort of using other methods to do that. Were there other sort of symptoms that were quite like obvious to you and your parents? Yeah, so she really struggles with prepositions. So like in front behind if you're saying do I go and get this thing it's in front of the telly she'll be looking behind it it's like that's not what I said so she mixes things up she's got it now but like for years it was like her and him she's like oh, I don't know which one's which or like are you even like when she's driving now like left and right like when there's like two polar opposites or something she really struggles with that so that was something that we noticed obviously I've said that like I think she's autistic but like obviously it's a lot harder to diagnose girls than it is boys so she had like like lots of like tests and stuff when she was younger and they were like well 
she's just development at a different stage everybody else and she's obviously got communication difficulties but that will get better in time which obviously it did because like now you can pretty much understand what she is saying but like it does take a bit of time to figure out like the first off you might not get it but then she can't rephrase things so she'll just say the same thing over and over again until you get it but she won't be able to think of different ways to like say the same thing to get her point across so she gets very very frustrated mm. so like if she's saying like something to you and you're not getting it she'll be like oh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and you have to like literally coax out of you which is why I think like having a good relationship with her works wonders for like obviously like I can understand what she's saying like when when we were very little nobody else did like my, even mum and daddy were like Jess what is she saying I'm like just saying this for god's sake <laughs> like even at school like they would come and get me like at break and at lunch and like be like we don't know what she's saying I'd be like she's saying this and they're like how and I'm like, <laughs> but yeah so although it was never like formally like diagnosed like I said it was always very clear that there was something there but like they wanted to just end up to like maybe like put her in like a special school and my mum was like no and like I think being around like kids her own age and like more neurotypical kids did wonders for like her communication because like it meant that she was like constantly like running to keep up but it was a constant push that maybe she needed because obviously now it's much much better than it was. It's interesting how you say about the whole like you could understand her but like even your parents at some points couldn't because I think maybe because your sisters you kind of had that mutual understanding anyway so mm. even if she didn't have like communication issues you still like have that other almost like secret language that siblings often have yeah it's sometimes it's just a look in it like if you know someone really really well or it takes a look and know exactly what they're thinking and we spent like a lot of time together like when we were very little like virtually all the time together but like because my mum and dad worked like they weren't there all the time so then they didn't get to build obviously like there's a bond there it's the mum and the dad but like not as a bond that's built that when you're with someone day in day out for like all of the hours that you're awake so that's probably why definitely when you went on holiday or anything when you were a lot younger did you have like any hurdles that you would have to overcome with like traveling with her like did she find traveling like okay or was that ever difficult yeah, so the thing with Hope is she needs to know the, the, exactly what's happened. And if things stray from that, it can get a bit... So it's not travel-related, but there's a story about when tra- like plans get changed, which is not... <laughs> um, so my grandma was looking after her one day after school, and this wasn't a normal thing. Like, normally she went to a childminder, but there was some reason why that wasn't happening. And my Hope was told, Mama's going to pick you up, take her back to her house. So Hope knew that's exactly what was happening but mama was like oh I'm going to take her back to her house because then she can play with her toys mm-hmm. thinking she was doing what was best for her but Hope in her head was like this is not the plan this is not what's supposed to happen so she went into her wardrobe and sat on the floor and growled <laughs> and um mama rang mom and was like she's just in a wardrobe growling what do I do and mom was like well where are you she's like in your house she's like well this is why you've changed the plan <laughs> especially with like travel plans you have to be like right airport at this time flight at this time we'll get the bus from here like making sure that she knows exactly what's happening which for me massively helps my own mental health because I love a plan <laughs> and speaking it out to someone constantly like makes me feel better so like when we go to London me and Hope just the two of her I'll always be like right train to London King's Cross King's Cross to whatever we'll get this tube we'll stay on this tube for this many stops and like 
that makes me feel better. So I'm being like, oh, I'm telling her so that she understands. But reality, it's maybe like, I'm okay. <laughs> like we were on a bus in London a few years ago and it just randomly started going a different way than what it was supposed to be. And I freaked out. But then because I was trying to be like, no, this is definitely what's supposed to happen to her. It made me feel better. So I feel like I'm like that as well. When I go to London, I write it all out and I'm like, this is the train I'm getting. This is how many stops I'll be on the tube for and a rough like time estimate. Because usually you're going to like a show or something like that. And then I always write out like potential trains I can get home. So I'm like, well, if I miss that train, I can always get that train and it's okay. And it's like good to just have that like there. So I think I'm with you. I've always got like screenshots. Yeah. We could do this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh. love a plan love a plan love a plan um, <laughs> have you learned like any particular sort of coping techniques and stuff with certain situations like for example how you said the wardrobe incident obviously like you stick to like certain plans are there like any other things that you do in particular to sort of like mm-hmm. so I don't know if I'm naturally a patient person or whether that's become me because of hope I don't know um but like taking the time to like make sure that she understands make sure she understands the plan planning things in general being there for when because people will ask that like if we're out people ask her questions and she'll like try and process it but then be like "Mm -hmm." and then immediately look to usually me and I'll be like they've just said this (laughs) are you gonna say anything back no I'm doing it okay Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so like sometimes you become like a little bit of a translator for when you're out with people who don't know her and then some people look at you weirdly because Hope looks older than I am there's five years between me but she looks older than I am because she's a lot taller and she's just looks older and um they'll they'll ask her a question and she'll look at me and I'll be like right okay and then I'll take over and you'll get weird looks from people being like what what, why is why is this happening and also we don't look that similar so I think maybe sometimes it just looks like we're friends so they're like why is one friend just literally talking with the other friend what is going on (laughs) so like in terms of like getting over what other people think like that's like a skill you've had to learn like because otherwise people you'd be bogged down the time people like why are they doing that like you just have to get over and be like jog on me it's fine so yeah so I think being patient with her just getting over what other people think is definitely things that I've learned through being her sister and do you find that sometimes there's like certain stigmas and certain like the ways things are represented within the media that like kind of annoy you in terms of like autism or like Mm. communication issues do you think there's kind of more to it than is often shown on like television or film or yeah well I mean I think it often gets like you'll look at someone and like the disability that they have is the only thing that you'll see yeah. and it's like oh well she can't communicate in an effective way like well yeah she can't but like there's lots of things that she can do like brilliantly so like her memory is crazy like she'll be like oh do you remember when we were and then she'll say a date and it'll be like and we did this I'm like what what no <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah we did this 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 and then we had chips and I'm like I don't remember this at all and she's like yeah this happened <laughs> um so her memory is amazing and she's also very intuitive with like technology and stuff which I think comes from so obviously she's got a communication difficulty which bleeds into her not having like brilliant reading skills mm-hmm. so like she's very good at looking at something 
and knowing exactly what he wants to do about reading what the instructions are. So like intuitive in the sense that you'll give her a bit of technology and she can work out how to use it without actually having to read the words on the screen or read what it's saying. There's definitely like a lot more. Like I think because obviously you said she's adapted from having communication difficulties or reading difficulties, it's given her a lot of skills that maybe everybody else doesn't have because they can read. They can be like, what's this? Like she's had to do a lot of that by herself. So I think like the stigma of people being like defined by the difficulties that they have is rubbish because people are like wary around it and often become people who are much more skilled at something than somebody who has it easy and can speak and can read so yeah. I think that's really interesting because I think with my dyslexia I do that as well like the amount of things you have to look at things in a different perspective or try and change how you think about something because you just don't necessarily get that one viewpoint that you've maybe been taught in school or whatever and you are actually more a rounded person more so because of that because you're seeing things in lots of different angles and being Mm -hmm. like well I can't do this but I can do that instead but sometimes I think it's hard to acknowledge that when you're actually doing it because you're like you get so frustrated because you can't do that one thing and it just seems normal to just only do that one thing but I think it's important that people should consider that there are lots of options for things and it shouldn't just be that like one thing. No, yeah. I mean, when um, she was at secondary school, there was a, like a unit downstairs for like kids who were diagnosed with autistic um, tendencies or like full-blown autism. Um, And she would go down for um, like life skills lessons and also like speech therapy with them. But because she was in mainstream and coming down, she was like this superstar down there, like, oh, hope's coming down, hope's coming down. And she, like, thrived on that because here were some people who had the exact same issues that she had, but in a way, she was dealing with them better. So she was, like, the person who they looked up to, which is a very rare thing because she's always the person being looked after or the person who's being like spoken down to or like whatever but having people who like she can be like I know exactly how you're feeling that massively helped her because she like understood them on a level that nobody else did so she she went to a couple of trips with them like Kilder and stuff like that and like she loved it because it was like outdoorsy and stuff which she loves anyway but being around people who like looked up to her and stuff like I think it made her feel meant yeah definitely <laughs> Superstar hope. <laughs> Would you ever sort of classify yourself as being like a carer for her? When it comes to the theatre, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, normally, no. Like it's just like I'm a sister. Like like if other sisters do things for their sisters, is that maybe that might maybe I do a little bit more for mine. That's that's yeah. basically how I look at it. Um, but when it comes to the theatre, <laughs> um, if because um, obviously there's some things that Hope wouldn't be able to do by herself. Like she has actually gone to a show by herself, but I literally took her to the door and we had looked at maps for where her seat would be. And we specifically got one on the end. So she knew exactly where the seat would be. And we had like rehearsed like what she would say to someone if she needed help. And then I like thought about the answers that they might give her so she could like reply to what they might say. So like that was all set up, but obviously that was a lot of effort to put in for her to go to this one show. So normally, I go with her but to be fair it's mostly her coming with me because I'm like should we go and see this it's just like yeah sure <laughs> um and we get um like a carer ticket and then a full like a normal standard ticket and then we split the cost and um so 
in that sense, yes, I am her carer, but more so sense, I don't really see myself as it. I just see her as, as someone who is there. Yeah, nice. On the National Autistic Society, it says, what is autism? And then it says, autism is a lifelong developmental disability, which affects how people communicate and interact with the world. One in 100 people are on the autism spectrum, and there are around 700,000 autistic adults and children in the UK. Quite interesting. Because often I think things like this as well, it seemed to be different, but there's so many people that have it, and you're like, it's not actually that different. It's actually quite common that you'll know someone who has like communication issues or autism or dyslexia or whatever, and it is very commonplace. So... I feel like the stigma around like the differences really needs to kind of come yeah. to mind. But it's like it's just the brain, isn't it? Because like, the, of course, the brain's gonna be different because everybody else's organs are different. So why would the brain be different? So it's like, oh well, someone might have like a heart that pumps a bit faster than somebody else's. So then, why is it such a big thing that someone's brain works in a slightly different way than somebody else's? Like. madness madness (laughs) have you had like any particular advice given to you or like any support or like maybe like training you've done in terms of looking after hope because I know obviously your mum is like more trained in that but she was kind of more trained before she was born and not specifically in that so I wondered if you had like any maybe like advice to people out there at all uh so yeah so my mum was a senko at um, a secondary school so she looked after all the kids with like social educational needs and this was before hope was born so then it was like she was the one who noticed all the stuff with hope as she started to like grow up being like well that's that's this and then she was the one who pushed for like her to get tests and her to get the support in place because obviously she had like support right through all primary and secondary which I don't think she would have got if mum hadn't have been like yeah, she needs this please put this in place I'm not going to go and wait till it is <laughs> um so mum being like understanding that and then being pushy put that in place which obviously massively helped so in terms of advice for that I'll be like if you feel strongly about something don't take the first answer because obviously you, you might get brushed off and then like years down the line because quite a lot of people get diagnosed with like autism like especially girls when they're an, when they're an adult and it's like this makes so much sense why I found my childhood so difficult. It's because it's so difficult to diagnose girls. Um, and also because I think people are quick to be like, it's fine, just move on, move on. But like, obviously, if you can fight to get the support put in place earlier rather than later, that's going to have a massive effect on things as they go on. Definitely. And we'll um, attach information where you can get support and things as well okay. when we release the episode. So if anyone listening feels that they've been affected by anything you've discussed, you can like go and find the relevant help out there. Yeah, cool. move on now to um, to my start. gummy ears. Yeah. <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. So you've said to me previously that you're kind of like hard of hearing is how you would define it. Yeah. And you're like prone to like ear infections and things like that. Is, has that been your whole life you've had that? Oh my god, yes, right. So I have always been like had a very low level of hearing. I had lots of hearing tests when I was a kid. And like when my ears were gummy, i.e. when they like had a lot of glue ear as a child. Mm-hmm. Um and a fun story of that is I was once in a hotel and I had a really bad case of glue ear and I sat up and the pillow came with us because 
the stuff on in my in my ear had came out and then like dried on the pillow but to my head <laughs> so peeling that off <laughs> so that that was lush <laughs> and then when I was I don't know how old I was I was still at primary school I got a grommet put in which was supposed to help with draining the fluid away from my drum which would help with hearing but also help with like the fact that I was getting all these like infections and gluias and then I got another one a couple of years later because the first one was successful but they don't last long they like they fall out after a couple of years and then I think you like it's like you would just like how you can hear things like if I need to be listening to something I'll be focused on that one thing so I can actually hear what's being said and if there's like a parcel being delivered I can't hear the door so I, if, if I know that someone's something's coming I will go downstairs so I can hear the door um but this isn't helped by the fact that like I live in quite like a big house so like I am quite far away from the door when I'm in my room so that's why I can't hear it it's not because my ears are so rubbish mm. it is um, <laughs> And then obviously the, the infections have only recently got bad, like the past maybe three years. So I think 2018 was the worst year because I had five that year. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a really bad one like over the summer. Like I had, I think it was coupled with the fact that I had an infection, but then also I flew. So like years ago, we were in the air anyway. But then so when I got back, it was a really bad infection and I literally couldn't stand up because the equilibrium yeah, was totally shot. So I stood up and just fell. I fell down the stairs a couple of times with that one. Like it was not a fun infection. I literally lay in bed and watched Meryl Streep films for about four weeks. That, that's the level of that infection. And then 2019, I only had like two, which was a good year. But then this year I've had like three already. So, But the reason why I do get so many infections is because my um, ear canals are so small. So the second that like, a bit of dirt gets in or like a bit of wax gets lodged in the wrong place for bone infection and then Ari and the doctors and I'm like it's me can I have some more antibiotics? <laughs> Do their antibiotics work quite quickly for you or does it take a bit of time? Yeah, it depends on where the infection is so if it's like a middle-ear infection they're pretty easy to clear up but if it's like a more deeper infection then not really. A couple before Covid I had an infection and I couldn't get an appointment at my normal doctor. So I went to a different one and they gave me a spray. And I was like, I don't think this is going to work because I've had this in the past and this doesn't work. And she's like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. A week later, my infection was still like really prominent. And I went back to my normal doctors and they're like, yeah, they shouldn't have given it that. Here, here's the actual right stuff. And I was like, right, no problem. But also I've just paid for that last one because obviously I paid for my prescriptions and they're not bloody cheap. So then I was like, Thanks. <laughs> but then once I got the actual right antibiotics, it cleared up pretty quickly. I used to, when I was younger, I always suffered with ear infections when I was quite small. And they would always try and give me, I think, amoxicillin. Mm-hmm. And that never, ever works for me. And my mum just got to the stage where she was constantly like, it doesn't work. Can you yeah. do something else? Because she just knew that that wasn't what would help. Mm-hmm. But the amount of doctors that would just be like, oh, no, no, try this first. And you'd be like... You're like, no, I'm an expert in this now. Yeah. Yeah. Just a bit like, listen to me. I know the situation. And I think you often, you know your own body as well. So you know what often helps and what doesn't. So 
It's yeah. like really frustrating when doctors are like, oh, try this. And you're like, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, is there anything they can do for your like smaller ear canals or is that just... No, that's just it for life now. They, they do be like, um, there's precautions that you can take to like health infections. So like quite a lot of infections are spread like through water getting in your ear and then water not leaving your ear. So when I go swimming, I have like a like an mp3 player that plugs my ears so then the water gets in so that helps and then every time I have a bath or shower I have like disposable earplugs so then I'm not putting the same ones back in so it doesn't like if there is an infection there already I'm not going to put it back in and make it worse Mm -hmm. um so when I have a bath or a shower I use those um which I've like stayed off for years doing it because I was like I don't want to it's a foul (laughs) but they were like yeah but do do you want to continue to get as many infections as you do and I'm like fair dues so then I have started like doing that when I have a bath or shower, I'll plug my ear so the water doesn't get in. But apart from that, there's not really anything else that you can do. I did have an appointment with an ENT, is that right? ENO still, yeah. And um, was the one week where my ears decided to be like, no, we're really healthy. And they looked at my ears and like, there's nothing wrong with your ears. I'm like, but there is though. They're just being good today. <laughs> and then literally the next week I got an infection and I was like, and it took us like a week no sorry it took us a few months to be on the waiting list to get an appointment with an ENT so I was like oh no <laughs> that always the way I find sometimes when you actually eventually get to see a doctor or a consultant or something suddenly you're you're like I'm fine like okay. it's like no it's not <laughs> it like pretends that it like puts on a face I'm fine no worries uh-huh like no and then as you leave it's like haha we fooled them I'm like that no the point was to get this issue solved <laughs> do you I know this is like something my nan often used to do and I actually think I do it a lot as well my nan was quite deaf towards like the end of her life she always kind of had issues with her hearing but do you often find that you like lip read people I do a little bit and I actually didn't realize how much I did because obviously like at home you don't have to wear a mask at the minute because you're in the house and um so then when I'm at my home or I'm zoom I can see their faces and like seeing people's like at full faces and the way the lips move I think massively helps but when someone's wearing a mask you're like oh crap (laughs) so um I recently started working in um a warehouse and obviously everyone there's wearing masks for the time being and I really struggle to hear what people are saying so there's like lots of background noise of like machinery and the fact that it's just a massive building so it's really echoey so when people are like saying stuff to us in a group setting I'm like nah I have no idea what the person's saying so like it's been a couple of times where like a manager has been standing in front of a lot of people saying you do this you do this you do this and I'm like I have no idea what he's saying and then when he leaves I turn to my friend I'm like what <laughs> and then he'll like help because when we're at dinner they have um like tables of four but with like perspex um screens in between each table so you can take your masks off have a bit of breather and still speak to people but through these like plastic screens mm. which i can't hear what anyone's seeing through them so i can see their mouth which helps but i can't hear them so yeah i definitely think that like relying on other senses to like make up the fact that you can't you don't have full use of another one can help so then when that's taken away from you it's like oh, no yeah. <laughs> which leads me to often be like yeah i'll just say yes i don't know what they've said and if it was a question then they just look at you and it's like oh crap that was a question that was supposed to answer and i just said yes because there's only so many times you can be like what what yeah. <laughs> so then you just say yeah and then they think you're crazy because you haven't actually said the thing that they want you to say it and then i'm like no never mind <laughs> i was gonna say because does it get quite embarrassing if you've not heard and you still don't hear and still don't hear and you're like 
you literally don't understand what they've said but would you be like sorry can you like repeat that or is there kind of I always feel there's a point where you just can't say it and you yeah. can't go over that line do you find yeah. that I feel like three after three attempts of saying I'm sorry what you can't you can't be like right, for the fourth time one more time come look at it this time so I just say yes <laughs> or no or just laugh and then hopefully the situation will resolve themselves and you can move on (laughs) do you ever like disclose about like your hearing and stuff when you worked in certain environments or well not really like at work at the minute like I haven't told any like higher ups because there's always been somebody else there who like I can ask afterwards and be like well what did they say um so I've had never had to like with that way when I worked at the theatre obviously theatres are loud places as well especially when the performance is going on so quite a lot of the time you would have someone literally like whispering in your ear and whispers are very hard to understand so someone will be like I have no idea what you've just said and it's really really awkward to ask someone to then come back again and whisper in your ear so half the time I'd be like right looking at the situation being like right there's something that they want me to do (laughs) what is it (laughs) And then because I was only at the theatre a few weeks, like I didn't feel like I could then be like, guys, <laughs> I can't hear. Can you can you help? So I've never like formally disclosed it. I've always like tried to work around it, but then it just never ends well because I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and I've been told three times. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just because you don't see it as being kind of like an issue? But well, it clearly is an issue, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like it's just saying to somebody, oh, I have this problem. Can you please like treat me differently to how you treat everybody else? Because everybody else can hear everybody else. Like, especially with the whole whispering thing, I think it comes with like a rapport. Because obviously these people, are, I didn't know them that well yet. Mm-hmm. And I figured as time goes on, I get to know them more. And then I'll be able to like have a shorthand with them and I'll be able to understand what they're saying. So I never like felt the need to like be like, right, um, <laughs> when you talk to me, we're going to have to go outside because I can't hear in here. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's just like like a shame thing. I know you shouldn't be ashamed of like having rubbish ears, but that's where we're at. Because <laughs> I mean, we we were friends for a good few months before I told you that I couldn't hear. <laughs> I feel like it's really quite a common thing because one of my mum's best friends is quite deaf, and my mum can always pick up on it as well because of like her experiences with my nan, and obviously she used to be a nurse, so she's more kind of I think tuned into situations like that. So often yeah. she'd like have a book club or something and she could see her friend hadn't heard and it'd be like the second or third time of her not hearing. So she would like take her to one side and be like, this is what they've just said kind of thing. Oh. Everyone yeah. else just was like, I think people are kind of oblivious to it sometimes. And I know I in the past have been guilty of not, you can cover your mouth or you can do things like that, which you don't intentionally mean to do. But if you're not like aware of the situation, it's very easy to just be like, blah blah because you just take it for granted I think yeah it's only when you actually experience it or like one of your friends has it or things like that you're suddenly like oh actually I should be doing this instead and like not excluding them mm-hmm. but have you ever considered like learning sign language at all I, I know the alphabet but that's as far as I've got I did like a couple of sign language classes with my rainbows rainbows are like five to seven year old girls um we do like different activities with them and one week we were like we've got nothing to do <laughs> and I was like I had like a look and the first thing that came up was like teach them some like teach them how to spell their name in sign language and I was like you have to learn how to 
to do the alphabet then aren't I so I taught myself in like like an hour or so like what each letter was and then we did like and I'm their hands are so tiny that they can't always make all the shapes but like I think that being able to like teach kids that made it stick in my head a little bit but I literally only have each letter and then like very few words like I know that like when you move like you fit your um, hand from your chin downwards I know that that's thank you and I know that like a circle babe is hello but that's as much as I've got it is something that I think that I would like to do so maybe if we go into another lockdown <laughs> that, that was what I would do <laughs> I always think it should be taught in schools as like in language because you obviously learn foreign languages but I think that is like I don't know it's a really key skill that should be offered if people wanted to learn it yeah but in like a very selfish like I really should learn just in case I do, my hearing does get worse because obviously it'll be a lot easier to learn it when you can still hear and then you can rely on it when you can't because then there is always the risk of that an infection will be like in the bones behind your ears because then if it is then nah <laughs> you might like lose your hearing so then maybe I should in case I do lose my hearing and then I'll be like oh I know how to talk to people now instead of being like oh <laughs> Does that, like, worry you that that could be a thing that happens? A little bit, but in the sense that I feel like I, I, I would just miss being able to have, like, I love a podcast and I love an audio book and not being able to do that, uh, that, that scares us. And, like, going to see, like, shows and stuff, like, not being able to hear a person on stage yeah. scares us. And then I'm like, you should probably be scared that you wouldn't be able to talk to your friends. But I'm like, yeah, but you could still message them like that wouldn't be you can replace that it wouldn't be the exact same but you could replace it but you can't replace those other things and that just scares a little bit you really kind of realize when it's like a potential threat you think how much you take it for granted and how much you kind of really rely on it and like you're saying in those circumstances like you can't really replace that if you're deaf I don't think like I know a lot of people when they go to gigs and stuff they feel like the vibrations and or of that but I think it must almost be worse as well if you have your hearing and you lose it because you kind of I don't know because you've kind of experienced it in one regard but then you also know what you've lost in a sense yeah 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 I think like, it would be definitely worse to have it and then lose it because then you know exactly what you've missed somewhere because you've never had it you can only imagine what it would be like and that's like oh like oh, it would be cool to hear and better being like I could hear and now I can't which is what I'm worried about but Try not to think about it because <laughs> otherwise I'll get upset. We'll <laughs> glaze over it, it's fine. <laughs> have you ever, like, obviously you've said you've spoken to doctors and consultants. Have you ever sought, like, any extra support for, like, your hearing or anything? No, because I don't really feel like it's, ap- like, obviously, like we've said, like, you, you, you build up um, methods to get around it. So mm. it's not at the Obviously, I have I have interactions every day where I'm like I have no idea what that person said, so that happens daily. But like I'm used to it, so like I've never really like felt the need to like look into something that would help. But maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like we've just been having a conversation, and be like, right, this is a list of things that you should be doing that you haven't. That's the thing, though, when you have like a disability or an invisible illness, there's always like a massive list of things that you could do or you could try but then a lot of the time I think people just find ways around it so they kind of fit in and they normalize the situation and it's not so they stand out anymore and Mm -hmm. I was speaking to both Cameron and Zoe in the first episode we did and they were like but why do we do that like why do people with differences think 
oh well I need to be normal and I need to be that person when like the differences are what make you you yeah like people should just embrace those differences and there is a lot of shame around a lot of the things we've been talking about when there really shouldn't be and I think often it's ignorance on other people's behalves because they just don't understand and they just see the differences how you were saying people would come up to hope and then she would sort of go to you kind of thing and they'd be like oh what's that all about like yeah it's just weird that people are like that I don't know that really happened yeah I was thinking can you imagine though at, at least my hearing and they come up the hall wouldn't they like hope looks to me and I'm like well, I don't know I don't know what's that <laughs> you're on your own now mate <laughs> <laughs> but for the time being, it's fine. <laughs> like, don't approach me. <laughs> we'll have to like walk around with like a bubble, like be like, just don't. <laughs> this is not worth it. <laughs> in a way, with COVID and everything as well, people may be less like coming up to people, so that could be a good yeah, element. yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> obviously, at the minute as well, like you're you're advised to wear a mask everywhere you go hardly anybody ever does mm. and like if you yourself wear a mask people seem to stay clear of you and it's like no I'm not wearing a mask because I have anything I'm wearing a mask because it's a respectable thing to do but it also does clear a path like <laughs> if you go to like Morrison's not everyone's wearing them anymore but like you are and they look at you like you've like you're infected so then they're like the scenes <laughs> part and you're like oh great <laughs> well, <I'm> true, like <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's crazy. I also looked up the definition of hearing loss. Uh This is from the NHS, this one. And it says hearing loss can be temporary or permanent. It often comes on gradually as you get older, but it can sometimes happen suddenly. And then it just says to see your GP if you notice any problems. Um, But like the signs and symptoms, common signs include difficulty hearing other people clearly. I'm misunderstanding what they say, especially in noisy places asking people to repeat themselves, <laughs> music or watching television loudly, having to concentrate hard to hear what other people are saying, which can be tiring or stressful. Do you find it quite like exhausting having to sometimes communicate with other people? Because obviously it just takes a lot from you because you're, you must concentrate so hard. Yeah, well, it depends on the situation, like on a one-on-one situation. So like now, Mm. it's fine because you're, you're the only voice that's here and I've got wearing headphones so it's going directly to my ear so I haven't got like outside source but like in like group settings I struggle in like in 3D sessions <laughs> um I struggle in the sense that sometimes I'll just I'll just be like a passive like member where I'm like because half the time I'll, you'll be trying to work out what's going on what they're talking about thinking of something that you can see then by the time you've got there they've moved on it's like yeah. mind. <laughs> but then is, but even on like zooms like because obviously that's how like we're communicating a lot at the minute anyway like when it's like above like four people and everyone's speaking at once I'm like oh, <laughs> no idea what anyone's just said <laughs> who did that come from so I find that quite difficult but I think everyone struggles with them on zoom because obviously like the sound quality's not the best and you don't know where it's coming from and everyone's talking over each other and it's just not great <laughs> I really miss just talking to people face to face because I think I really took for granted the, almost the looks you give people in like eye contact and just like fully being able to see someone's face and like understanding mm-hmm. what they're saying through body language and other things as well because I think online in particular that really gets lost in translation sometimes and then you're really kind of 
you're trying to understand what they're actually saying but your understanding on like another level is harder as well yeah I was going to ask you do you often use like subtitles when you watch like something on Netflix or things like that and also you know how on Instagram in particular people have started like captioning their stories and stuff do you find that is quite a helpful thing for you get captions I love a caption (laughs) Uh, you have to think like I'm a very quite fast reader as well so like having them there like so it means I can read it and then like watch it at the same time and that helps massively it depends like I I like caption on Instagram because like I can't always hear what's being said on Instagram captions on telly it depends like if I'm watching on my iPad which hasn't got the best sound quality then I will put them on but if I'm watching like on the telly downstairs and I don't always need it because you can just boost the sound I do listen and watch things very very loudly people are coming and be like why is it so loud I'm like is it <laughs> I hadn't noticed <laughs> and like um Hope's room is like we share a wall and then um, during the night because I don't sleep that well I'll have like audiobooks on and stuff and she'll often like come in and be like it's so noisy I'm like is it? <laughs> and I'll turn it down a bit, but I can't hear it now. <laughs> and I have to do wait till she's asleep again and turn it back up. <laughs> but yeah, so I think like having things louder and having subtitles on does help a lot. And similarly as before, is there like any kind of advice you'd give people in terms of hearing? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some advice that I should follow myself, i.e. when you meet someone new, maybe I should say, just to let you know, I might not be able to hear anything and you might find yourself repeating yourself a lot I'm not being deliberately arsy it's just I want to understand what you're saying and but at the same time I don't want you to feel awkward <laughs> so <laughs> that's where we're at so, um, so I would say that but also I need to follow that myself because I do not and I think like because I've, I've basically come to terms now that the reason why my ears are so weird is because they're just built too small for what they should be but I think that if you've got something that could be corrected then to constantly keep pushing and even if you get the appointment with the ENT and your ears are good that day try again (laughs) so that's what I would say I feel like you've answered all my questions oh good is there anything else you'd like to add I don't know have you ever had a hearing test no I've not oh my god worst things in the world so you get like a normal like a normal headset that goes over one ear, like the soft kind. And then the other bit is like a clip that like digs in on the bones of your back of your other ear. And it's so painful. And they like put you in a little room and then they go behind this glass screen and they press like a sound and you have a clicker and you click when you can hear the sound. And then you'll be looking and be like, is there a sound playing now that I can't hear? Like what's happening? And then you'll hear it. And they're all like different frequencies and different like um, levels and stuff so they can gauge like where your hearing is. And then um, I've always like fallen like just into the normal hearing range. I'm like, yeah, so you can't hear. Like, I know I can't hear, but not that well. <laughs> so I used to hate having them as a kid because that back clip that fitted on the back of your thing, like, nah. So I had like a couple as a kid and hated them. And then before I went for my appointment with the ANT, we had another hearing test. And I was like, I thought I was remembering wrong how much this hurt, but it does hurt. Because <laughs> it just like proper grinds in on the bones of your fucking head. And it's like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> that must be frustrating though, almost in a sense, because you're so borderline not being okay, but yeah. you are okay. So you kind of, I don't know, would you ever, obviously if you needed them, would you ever get like hearing aids and stuff? Yeah, I think so. It's because I feel like my life relies on sound so much that 
I need it, so I would miss it if it was gone. So even if I had to wear a hearing aid, I think I would be fine. And you can get jazzy ones now, can't you? So I could make it dress up, so it's fine. <laughs> you know, when you go, when some shops have the sound playing outside to stop kids from like mm. loitering, can you hear that sound? <laughs> I cannot hear that sound. There is a shop across from Morrison's in our local town centre, and um, when I go with my best friend or my sister, like they can hear it, and they're like, "Ah, oh, it really hurts." I'm like, "What? <laughs> what? What?" She's like, "It's sort of high pitch, and like it gets right in your ear." And I'm like, "You mm, can't hear it." <laughs> no. That's a good thing in a way. Like, that noise. Yeah. I remember someone I went to college with. She was, I want to say, she was almost completely deaf, but she had hearing aids. And she was like massively into films, so she would get really like fancy like backs. I don't know what you call them, which was really not good. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a bit like yeah, I know, I know, I know that bit that you mean. Yeah, yeah um, she, she'd get like sort of like Star Wars or like oh, wow, a yeah. really cool thing, and she would make such like a big thing out of it. But everyone just then thought it was amazing, and it was just so different and so yeah. I don't know, really cool. I feel sometimes people have like shame with wearing like hearing aids or. Like there's there's a real stigma around wearing them, I think. Similarly sometimes to wearing glasses. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> just like you should just do it because you can then see. You can, you then, can then see. see. Yeah, because can... I went years not being able to see either because I was like, I'm fine. And then it wasn't until like the bus number started to be like, I don't know if that's a five or a nine. Um so I'd be like <laughs> and then it would come and then I would stop it and I'd be like, nope, it was a five, bye. <laughs> and then obviously like when you're at the theatre and stuff, I, I often get like naffy like gallery seats. So the, they're just blurs. And I just thought I'm really far away. But then when I got glasses, I was like, no, I just couldn't see. <laughs> the first time that I sat in a theatre with my glasses on, we were in the gods. And I was like, I've like, what? I can still see their face. Because <laughs> before they were just like a, an orb of light <laughs> and I'm like why did I not wear glasses for so long because it was clear that I couldn't say I just didn't want them and now I'm like oh should I get some new glasses because <laughs> they're fancy um so I think if like if anyone needed like hearing aids or anything like I would want to do like what you said for the person on the course like what to make them look cool <laughs> it makes them like a fashion accessory and yes. really like emphasize the fact that you're wearing them and that mm -hmm. being different is cool it's not weird yeah definitely I'm trying to think of the, I had I made like a mental list in my head yesterday about things that I want to talk about and I think I've said everything. I should have actually made a physical list, but I didn't. You <laughs> love a list. Oh, she loves a list. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you very much. Of being like a sister and also being, like being a sister of gummy ears. Yes. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this is the Disability Podcast.